get the fucking cream eggs in. Hello and welcome to episode three of the plates. Plates fucking plates. Plates? <laughs> fucking plates? Have <laughs> <laughs> you never done that before? How much, how oh much wine have you had? <laughs> like, basically an espresso of wine. <laughs> welcome to episode three of the plates, beans and PBs podcast, which we, um, uh, this week we are trying something a little different just for the shits and gigs. Um, we are currently live streaming on Facebook and uh, we are trying to also work with a new technology that we, we have. Um, we, this week we are doing a bit more of a Q&A style session. This is why we wanted to do this live on Facebook as well. We have questions that clients and uh, people from Instagram, those Instagram people, have asked us over the past few days. So we have those that we're going to answer. But um, if you've got anything that is burning, um, go and see a doctor. Don't ask us. <laughs> if you have any important questions, or if you've got anything that you want to ask us, please chuck us a message on here. And like I said, it's a bit of a new way that we're doing this, but um, hopefully we'll see your questions and we'll answer them as we go along. So this could... <laughs> um, as Sophie mentioned, I am on the wine right now. I haven't drunk in a good, good few months. So this could be quite fun. I mean, I have a bottle ready to go, but whether I'll go through it, not too sure. But we'll see how this goes. So if you are joining us on this quarantined Sunday evening, welcome. Um, and hopefully this next half an hour to two hours and a half, <laughs> depending on... We hope to see you in some Monday <laughs> so well. <laughs> depending on how this goes. Um, yeah. Uh, cheers, cheers, cheers everyone if cheers you're joining. Another and day if you and don't I... have a drink and you want to join us. Another day in isolation. Mm. This is what it's Bingo. come to. Right. So, without further ado, shall we get going? Let's get yes. cracking. Uh, so far, you have a big old list of questions. I haven't really read any of these. So, we will try and answer these to the best of our knowledge. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's go. Have we got like a nice... Let's pick an easy one to start with. Hmm. Um. Oh, there's quite a... Do you want like a, a, a COVID-19 themed one to kick us off? <laughs> I, I feel like that's way beyond my scope. Are you no, not, not like, like can you diagnose me? <laughs> like, like, just, just general like isolation. Do you shot. have a wet bum hole? If so... You may have COVID. Either that or you just like <laughs> things in your bum hole. I'm going to stop talking now. I, um, have, quite, I, don't I have quite a good one to get us started. This was a legitimate, this okay. is a legitimate question. I, go, yeah, go, go, go for it. Go for okay, it. so this was published maybe a week ago. Maybe not even that. Maybe five days ago if you're lucky. And they're now saying that one of the symptoms of the COVID-19 strain is extreme muscle soreness. So a question that I got was, are aching muscles really a sign of coronavirus, coronavirus, or am I actually getting DOMS from home workouts? Okay. So, um, first of all, that's news to me that aching muscles is a is a new diagnosis. Yeah. Um, if anyone is watching and they can weigh in on this, ideally, obviously, someone who actually knows what they're talking about. 
please don't comment if you have no idea. Um, but if you can, please comment. Uh, so I can't answer that from a diagnosis point of view. Obviously, that would be stupid of me. <laughs> hey, um, but I would say that if you're doing home workouts and especially if you are pushing them, you know, if you're like really testing yourself. And also, sorry, just a key point, if this if it is a new stimulus, which for a lot of people, it will be because they will be transferring from sort of gym based, maybe being able to use heavy weight um, workouts, if you're doing new movements and you're doing new rep ranges and things like that, then you will be more sore than maybe you normally would when yeah, you would sure. work out. That's all I can add to this. I'm not going to comment on the COVID area I mean, of it. I think that's all we can say. It's it's a good question um, and it's an interesting one. Um, differentiating DOMS between a, a virus symptom is a little bit outside of our scope. And if we were going to advise you on that, then you'd be well within your rights to report us because... Hell no! <laughs> um, my take on this one is if you are training with the correct intensity and you are training to muscular failure and you are utilising the equipment that you have available to you, there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be getting DOMS after your home workouts. Um, I would still... Yeah take it in the same way as I would within the gym. If you are constantly, constantly getting DOMS and we're talking for days and days on end, then you need to address your recovery. Regardless of whether you're in isolation or not, you need to address your recovery. That is your recovery nutrition, your recipe, your uh, rest days following the session, um, how you're programming. I mean, a lot of people that I've spoke to are training seven days a week because they said it's the only thing that they can do and it keeps them sane. That's great. If you uh, can't recover yeah. from seven days of training, then ideally you shouldn't be doing that. Or you should be, if you want to train seven days, program it in a way that's going to allow you to train for seven days that week. You can't just... I was like going to say, actually, this has opened up quite a, a, a few nice things to talk about. Um, one of those is, you know, if you are going to, if you want to start working out every day, which is great, yeah, yeah. moving your body, especially when we're unable to move it daily just by walking and, and general movement like that, is is fucking fantastic if you can pick yourself up to, to do that but if you have not factored in either the recovery um capabilities capabilities i'm making up words you these all days. right capabilities recuperation recuperation and capability just came into one word um if you haven't factored it in then then you are doing yourself more damage and you're not going to be a, you're going to find that in a couple of weeks you'll probably end up burning out or you won't be able to progress if you have any way of progressing. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say, like Sophie said, um, it's more of a case of overall volume throughout the week and recovery. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say as well, um, because it's interesting, uh, it has kind of escaped my mind. Um, we were must, talking about recovery. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's it, about DOMS in general because um, this is also something that speak, people speak about a lot and they get the wrong idea. It is not necessary for you to be sought in order for you to have had a yeah, good workout. Yeah, yeah. Generally, um, DOMS is now understood as being something that comes along normally when you provide a newer stimulus to your body, whether that be an increase in volume or you are trying out new movements. That's why when you first start exercising, you're sore as shit because your body hasn't done these exercises and used, uh, focused on certain muscle groups ever in that in that sort of concentrated manner before. And so you're now introducing that new stimulus. 
And so therefore, the first few weeks, you're really sore. But what, what actually happens is that the more you do it, the less sore you are because your body um, adapts and just becomes used to recovering from it. But DOMS is also are not a good indicator that you have had a quote unquote good workout it's just normally that yeah. it's a newer stimulus for you. You shouldn't be looking you shouldn't be looking to be like written off the next day type thing. And like we say, this is a thing that's exactly. gonna happen continuously. You should really be looking at the recoverable capability side of it. Like if this is happening continuously, then something's gonna give. Performance the following day is gonna give. Even if it's not if you if you've got a rest day plan the following day, your neat and your general activity levels could could be the thing that becomes sacrificed because you are just completely unable to move. And if the following day you're still yeah. a little bit tender and you've got maybe the same kind, not necessarily within the same vicinity of exercises, but if you've got a session that requires recruitment of some of those areas, again, you've already kind of set yourself up a little bit of a disadvantage. So do you want to mm. train suboptimally? Yes. For so that's seven days that's, or do you want to nail it for five days and continue to progress week on week or train for seven days because it keeps you sane and stay at the same level and then in two weeks get absolutely burnt out and in the third week decide to train once because you're absolutely sick of training and then go back to training seven days in the fourth week and then by the fifth week you've gone eh fucking I don't want to exercise anymore anyways pardon <laughs> <laughs> yeah no com- complete I um uh, yeah Mic espe- drop. especially important if you're looking for sport specific or performance yeah. um yeah. rather than i just want to annihilate my muscles um the the switch that i had to make when training more for powerlifting uh rather than your typical bodybuilding stuff was this idea that you don't want to go 100 percent all the time because then you will burn out or you will not be recovered enough for you yeah. to to train frequently and frequency is important when you're trying to get good at a skill. Like the more that you can do something over time, the better you will get at it in a very simplistic way. And if you absolutely screw yourself over on one session, like Soph said, and you're not able to train for two days because you're so sore and you're really tired, well then you're missing out on possible training time. That's why athletes train in a way that enables them to train more frequently as opposed to just absolutely destroying their body. And this is why I have a problem with people going, oh, my personal trainer absolutely destroyed me in the gym today. And it's like, well, first of all, that's not a great, an optimal way of training. And two, especially if you're just starting out, if your personal trainer, quote unquote, again, destroys you, it's probably gonna suck for you. You're probably gonna fight, you're, you're gonna probably hate the thought of going back or doing the exercise because you're just like, this sucks. And so therefore, you're probably going to stop a lot sooner than had you just had a sensible workout that puts you towards your goals. And destroying your body does not put you closer towards your goals. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's really hard because it's very goal specific. Like some people, some people can be so easily put off by literally going in at like a million miles an hour. I mean, there comes a point where if your goal is centered around these principles of training and nutrition and things then you have to go at it as hard as physically possible and i'll i can genuinely say a hand on heart that i'm one of those people i kind of don't go at it like at a at a slow level like if i train i'll get a nosebleed and i'll crack on with it and i'm like yeah, yeah hardcore but you can imagine as a newer trainer they come in they have a nosebleed they go i'm never gonna fucking do this again no way yeah and it, it's, it's 
if you if you you've got a way of uh, yeah so, some people thrive on it don't get me yeah. wrong some people love going at full intensity I'm um, one of those people. and really pushing um, it and I'm not going to lie, and I will try and always get this across to people, it's great to do that from time yep. to time, because first of all, yep. you're pushing, you're seeing what your body is capable of, when you can really get in the fucking zone, and, you know, when you're really feeling it. Um, but it is not, a, it should not be a consistent thing. And I don't think it should um, be introduced to newer trainees anyways. I think it's something that takes no. a hell of a lot of time to master, and shouldn't even be tapped into, unless you are at a point where everything that you perform is so fucking textbook, that if you were to go at maximum intensity for a lower amount of working sets, then you better believe that every single one of your working sets is to your maximum, maximum exertion. And it is still mm. textbook form. Because the last thing you want to be doing, if you've never ever performed a barbell back squat before, and someone goes, right, you've got two working sets here, you are going at, you are leaving zero reps in reserve and you are probably going to bail out at the bottom of the squat. If that person can't yeah. even perform a squat to technical failure with with perfect form, like with perfect form submaximally, if you get them to to go way beyond what they've done previously, when they haven't really got a one rep max, they haven't really got an understanding of the volume they're capable of, they've never really gone over a particular weight, they've probably only worked at 70%, why would you then chuck them at a load that they've probably never utilised before? The conditioning aspect of it as well is something that someone, that, I'll tell you now, people forget how just how much condition-wise and, and like physical exertion actually takes I am blowing out of my arse at the end of a set of six. And I'm, yeah. you know, I've been doing this for a while now. So to get a newer trainee to come into it who doesn't have that level of conditioning, who doesn't have that level, that stability network, they, they don't have that kind of intuition with the body as to whether, I think it comes into intuition. It's like those last two reps, isn't it? It's like, right, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really reaching now. I'm really, I'm really getting close to failure. And it's whether you've got that in, in touch communication with your body as, right, I know I'm going to get this next one and it's going to be decent, but this last one isn't going to be absolute dog shit and I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. And it's whether you save that rep, which in my opinion, the ones that are dog shit, you've technically gone past failure at this point. You, right. I think, in my yeah. opinion, you've, you've hit technical failure as soon as form goes and you've got to do everything you can to finish the rep you've gone past failure was was back you've gone beyond it yeah you shouldn't be getting a new because now you're practicing shitty reps if I do a chest press and my chest fatigue's here and I'm going I haven't just what are you going like yeah fuck off mate Um, (laughs) (laughs) isn't that how you dance (laughs) that's just how I get out of bed in the morning to be honest with you I'm I'm so gutted that anyone just listening to this on the podcast doesn't get to see that maybe we should just do a little clip of the, the footage of just me Oh, we will yeah, put it up. No, that. totally. But, um, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's, to, it's a level of intuition yeah. that takes time to kind of... to. It, it takes a period of time to get really, really in touch with your body and to know the cues and to know where your head's at with it as well because it's a very much a mental game when you get into the when you get to the realms of failure. It's mind over matter 95% of the time, yeah. but then it's normal. And that can, that can no. vary from day to day as well. Yeah, of course. Like, so, some days you're able to reach that level of intensity but still say stay focused enough that you can execute like you say that rep that you know is going to be that last yeah. blow out of your ass rep but you can tighten everything up and you can keep form on point yeah. and then other days your head's not in the game and you just want to get it over and done with and so when you do go down for that last rep or up or whatever you're doing um it just 
you know, flops out and you're like, I kind of did it, but I know that that was horrible. Which, so, which you know, yeah, it's, the, it's, it's easier to, to be critical of it the, the longer you are in this game, I think, as a new trainee as well. Again, it's hard to differentiate what becomes a different, like a decent rep and what isn't a decent rep. Because if they've locked it out to them, it's a rep. Whereas I know, make myself and Rob have done this before. We finished a rep walk to do mm. and gone, that last rep was dog shit. We didn't need to watch the film back. We didn't need to do this. We just go, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna <laughs> give myself that rep. I did um Yeah. This is an example yesterday. I did um snatch grip RDLs and I got to I'd lost count at this point, but I was filming the set, so I was like, don't think about count and just focus on your execution. And I watched the footage back and I know that the last rep, I'm like, I know that I have the energy to perform this rep, but it's gonna take every ounce of my being to execute it correctly. And I'm like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get my quads into it, I'm not gonna round my back, I'm not gonna jerk it. And I watched the rep back and the bar to be fair, the bar path isn't horrendous and it still goes up, but I am shaking like a shitting dog. I just do not want to lose form because I could have quite easily just rounded my back and kinda of like shrugged it up. But my entire body, yeah. and honestly, and I didn't give myself the rep for that because I was like, no, because if I watch that back, if, if I watch somebody else perform that, I'd be like, mm, that was a bit of a dirty rep. So you can't give yourself a free pass and it's so easy to, particularly when you're new into the game. Yeah. Not because that, like you're being easy on yourself, it's because you don't know any better type thing. Whereas when, when you've been doing it for a little bit longer, you can be a little bit more critical and can, you can be a bit, a bit more like, well, actually my progression for the following week is to get the same amount of reps, but to really clean up my execution, particularly on my, on my final reps and my final two reps or whatever. Um, sure. And and that's okay. And then again, it's great to, this is why I, I think it's so important to, to logbook as well. So in my logbook, I wrote 12 reps, brackets, performed 13th rep, form needed better execution so when kind of like a half rep yeah so when I you're like when I come yeah I I wrote down um, I got to above the knee so I got to above the patella and then I started shaking so for me I know that above the knee is where (laughs) that's such a specific way of logging I I, got to the patella (laughs) that word for word got to got to got to the top of the patella Started shaking, locked the rep out, was unhappy with execution. So my following week, I would perform 13 reps perfectly. And then at that point, mm. I would just des- I would decide whether I would go for a 14th or a 15th and so on and so on. Sure. And that's why I think it's so I important will, to logbook. But it's not, uh, you know what I mean? It's quite far into necessary. it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was going to leave a little uh, like bullet point at the bottom that um, this is what Sophie does for a living. And exactly. This is the kind of person that Sophie is. This this sort of stuff is is you know it's great. Don't get me wrong. But it's very it's, far. It really helps when you look back. You know, mood and energy. Like if you're looking to train, um, especially for specific goals or performance goals. You know, not only just writing down what you do in a gym session, but you know, how was your sleep? Um, how's your eating been? Has it been on point? Can be really useful to look back on. Um, for the majority of people, probably not entirely necessary, but. If you like that kind of thing, awesome. If there wasn't anything on that point you desperately wanted to say, should we move on yeah. to another question? To kind of start going into other question territory there. What have we got? What have we got next? Oh, this is quite an. In- if anyone. This is this oh. is quite an interesting one. It's not something that we've ever really covered before, but I think it's quite an interesting one, and it's come from uh, a good powerful friend of mine. 
Uh, do you mm. have any tips on mentality towards breaking records? Isn't, isn't that a good one? Isn't it good? That's... Okay, okay. I'm trying to... How would I process that question? How do you take that question? Um, so like, how, how does that... Because I feel like there are ways... There are a couple of ways of coming at this. Is that in the case of, you know, your mentality when you want to break a record? Or your mentality as in consistently chasing records which everyone seems to want to do you could you could take it either way because there's 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 breaking a record on the day that you compete or in, in whatever it is that you're competing in and there's also the lead up to the record as well so i i take it as like a two-part journey because there's on the day when everything can change and there's uh there's the journey towards it as well so for me uh, mentality towards breaking records and I, I don't like being an all or nothing type person but if, if your goal is to break a record that has been set by somebody who has set the standard then you give it everything and your sole purpose within training and nutrition for that time is to do everything that you can within your capabilities to ensure that you are primed on the day to beat that record so for me it is you do you sacrifice whatever it is you need to sacrifice you take on as much as you need to take on you're sensible with it you hire the people that you need to hire you do your research you tick every single box every single day and on the day you can't say other than i did absolutely everything i could and on the day it didn't happen that is my take on it t t tips and mentality wise tip my only tip is remember the fucking record. Have it there in front of you at all times and remember why you started this. If you want to break a record, start fucking acting like it because I've heard it before. I hear a lot of people go, yeah, I really want to come into this and I'd really like to break some records and stuff. And they have the most lax attitude. They're not really that bothered. The only kind of reason they want to do it is so they can post about it on Instagram and stuff. And it's like, why do you really want to break a record? For me personally, I'm chasing for, well, I was meant to be competing actually. Oh my god, I was meant to compete yesterday. Oh, oh my god. Fuck. Oh. Well, that's why we're drinking tonight. Yeah, boy! <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I'm chasing for junior records when the competition comes back up. And yeah. that is so I can be a part of this Federation's history. It's not so I can post on Instagram. It's not so that I can gloat to Facebook and stuff it's it's one it's for me and it's to showcase my hard work it's not so yeah. I can look at me I've got this blah, blah, blah. yeah that that's fantastic whatever that's you know what I mean entirely why I do it well you know we're all, we're all different mate. I just I just do it for, for the, the gram I mean I appreciate doing it for the gram I appreciate that people do things for Instagram and stuff like that but the ones that do it for Instagram in my opinion aren't the ones that last very long in the sport and that I think right. that goes with a lot of sports. It's the same for bodybuilding. I take it the same as powerlifting and stuff. If you aren't doing it for yourself because mm. you get satisfaction out of it and you enjoy the sport and you respect the sport, if your entire time is spent, you know, getting into drama on Instagram and posting on Instagram and being opinionated on Instagram and you don't take the time to really like respect the sport, I think it's a bit of a slap in the face to, to whichever sport it is you're doing. And that's probably just because I'm so passionate about the sports that we compete in. But I think that goes for the same mm. as the records as well. If you really want to come into this 
and you want to take a British European all-world record, you are therefore a part of British European all-world history within the Federation, you have to take it pretty seriously. And you have to start realising that your actions are going to reflect your ability to break this record in future. And I think if like, you really want to break a record in future, you have to start acting like it. And that is the top and bottom of it. Mm. And if somebody came to me and said, I want to break... And I've, I've had it before. Oh, I want to come in and break four. I've, I've dropped an athlete because they've said, I want to break all records. And then their attitude and work ethic was quite frankly diabolical. That doesn't sit well with I me. Think, yeah, that's... I mean, I think it comes down to... I mean, a, a, lot, a lot of us, I guess, feel like this way, this way of, oh, it would be, would be nice to... Versus there is nothing else in, like, that... I am going to put everything into this to make sure that this happens. And it's the same with when people want to lose body fat or want to lose some weight. They they want the thing, but they don't want to do the But work. they're not prepared to do the work. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'd be nice. It would be nice to have this thing. So it can't it can't just be that because what your your goal, especially when you're speaking um, from your point of view, which is talking about championships and world records and doing it as a sport and competing you're like okay so you want to break a record there's a reason it's a fucking record yeah exactly it's because at some point someone has dedicated their life and as the years progress people put more and more effort in you can't just swan in and decide that you're just gonna you know go in one day and just pick up the weight like you have if you want to if the loftier the goal the more you have to be willing, possibly, to sacrifice. Yeah. And um, there's a... Um, I love Mark Manson. I love his writing. And there's there's one thing about, um, you know... Uh, this is very, very paraphrasing. But it's... Uh, he speaks about basically having a good life and, you know, um, people talking about what they want from life. And, and he flips it and basically says, it's not about what you want it's what you're willing to sacrifice oh yeah life. i like that and that's i think that's the same with um achieving any goal or getting good at anything with everything there has to come some sort of sacrifice um if you want if you want these lofty goals if you just want to do something because you enjoy it then fucking a you can you can do it uh, you and don't that's have fine. to commit your life to it the the great thing about health fitness and nutrition is it's such a sliding scale it's neither it's not all or, or nothing, you know. You you can play with those variables, and uh, but if you want to hit those lofty goals, if you want to hit like five percent body fat, it's extreme. So you have like, to therefore take the mindset yeah. of the extreme, in my opinion. And again, I, I don't like saying I don't like the like all or nothing principle type thing because I think it it's quite an unhealthy relationship with 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 some things. But with regards to to, to bodybuilding, so like stepping on stage and setting records on a platform and stuff. Sorry, but it is all or nothing. Because if you want to get down and you want to perfect your posing on stage and you want to get down to these levels of condition and you want to come in with a crazy dry full package and you want to showcase that you are the fucking best, there's always going to be somebody that's working harder than you who were willing to sacrifice the things that you didn't sacrifice. And you'll be the first person to complain when you don't win. And then it comes on reflection because you go, well, could I have done this differently? What would the overall winner have done? Would they have done this differently? Or what did the overall winner do? What did they do differently? They probably committed their entire life to it. And look, they won. And if you've committed, if you can hand on heart say that you've committed your entire life 
everything that you've just done and you didn't win, your time's going to come. You just haven't had it yet. There was just somebody that has been in the game longer and they committed more of their life to it. So guess what? You therefore have to get on their level in order to beat them. That's just the top and bottom yeah. of it. it they, and again, this is it within a context that is extreme. So you therefore have to take the mindset of it to the extreme. And like I say, this yeah. question came from a competitive powerlifter who was going to go on to British, European and World Championships because they are at that level and they are committing a lot of their time to it. These are people who train for three hours a day, five, six times a week. And they, they get their nutrition across the week and they get their recovery and they do this and they commit money towards buying the kit and they travel to shows. And it's not a, well, I deadlifted once and I quite enjoyed it. So I think I could have a trip down the country and just do a powerlifting competition and see how it goes and it's all right. They're not the mm. ones that typically go forward and go, I really want to beat a record. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. They might fall in love with the sport because they started that. And then you'll slowly see the habits change over time and they, they morph into this incredibly competitive athlete and stuff and that's how my lot started yeah that's how my lot started there's a few of them started just p-team with me and then okay. watched how my other athletes got on and how how into it they got and now it's their entire life these are people who were come so what they they kind of saw that and then they went they went that's that that's for me that is i realized that i'm not as good as the, but they were able they flicked the, to turn they flicked the switch so what what work do i need to do to get to yeah, that because my yeah. biggest bugbear is when someone comes to me and goes, hey, Rob, I want to um, get in really good shape, whatever that means to anyone. But say they go, okay, I want to I wanna get to roughly this percent body fat, or I want to look like this, or I want to, you know, shape up, all that sort of stuff. And you go, cool, more than happy to help. This is what you have to do in order to get to that point. You have to do A and B, and then that equals C. Yeah. And they go, oh, can I not just do nope. F? And you're like, no, because that's not what you have to do to get there. That's not the process that you have to take in order to get there. That's not the amount of work or what you have to do to get there. Oh, Oh, I'll just try keto instead then. And you're like, ah. Oh. And you're like, ah, oh, well, guess what? You probably Literally did, come you didn't to want me. it enough. I'm not going to tell, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what you need to get to where you want to be. It's like someone going, oh, I want to play guitar. I want to be able to play the guitar. Okay, cool. You have to sit down. You have to learn some songs. You have to maybe learn some chord shapes, maybe some scales. You have options, but these, generally, these are the things you have to, have to do and then they go oh cool and I'll pick up a clarinet instead yeah no exactly and you're like what no. you said you wanted to play guitar <laughs> you can't you can't get to the thing that you want to get to without putting the specific steps in in place but they're the people that don't want it enough no because so, again it comes back oh it'd be nice rather than you know wouldn't it I want this there's no other if option. it would be nice then um, we'd all be champions yeah we'd all be fucking lifting records that wouldn't make sense that wouldn't work every, everybody's <laughs> a record holder coming back to coming back to the original question um, because I'm I'm going to frame it in the way of generally because it I, it's something that I see as well and this is this idea of you know always wanting to get a PB um, that's how I'm going to frame yeah, yeah, yeah. my yeah. response to the question uh, because it probably uh, um, it, it probably works for the more general 
gym goer or someone who's maybe really into the gym and likes you know seeing their numbers go up and and all that and that is it's very tempting to always want to hit your you know your one rep max and always want to try it but from listening to the experience of people who know what they're talking about um it's it's just not ideal um especially if you're looking at one rep maxes versus say something like maybe a three or four rep max basically the um from my my understanding is that the closer you get to a one rep max the higher i guess the um possibility for injury if you are really pushing it and if you're really going yeah. for it. Now, if you are go to go for maybe like a three or four rep max, that's a bit safer because you're not having to... Like, you've got, you've got three slash one. four cracks to realise when it's going wrong versus exactly. one and it's done. And yet you can take that as a respectable, accurate reflection of your strength. Not only that, but strength is not just an absolute number like your one rep max might not go up but your six rep max might increase by like two reps in which case you've obviously got stronger in some way you know just because your absolute strength hasn't gone up that doesn't mean that you haven't improved um so by doing just a one rep max you're kind of limiting um your the, uh, the way of seeing that you might have actually improved in some way and you might not get that one rep max it might be better than the last time you t attempted that one rep max but you don't get it yeah like but you to you that's a zero whereas yeah, if you'd have gone in black from, and white um, it's more volume you might have seen that progress in some other way so it's basically i would say like hey it's it's fun to go for a one rep max and especially if you're not competing because you you know for for, for competitors you basically get a chance to try your one rep max at competition and that's what you're working for you know you want to say that for when you're really fucking in the zone you've got that and where it counts for the majority of people stick with the three rep max stick, stick with a four rep max six rep max even because if you think of the best way it was described to me was strength is kind of like a pyramid you know you've got your absolute max right at the top that's the point and then you've got all of you've got your volume you know, so your your twelve rep maxes, and you could be, you could improve on your more volume based stuff. So say your twelve rep maxes and stuff like that, which I guess might be more conditioning, but it's still strength. Because if you could only lift something for eight reps and now you can do it for fifteen, that's a fucking solid exactly. improvement. And it's you know again you're right. It's not because that that number one that one number hasn't changed as well. But then it comes down to like even if the reps were the same how close were you to failure on that final rep how was the execution across the set you know for me it, again and it comes back to logbooking if, if i perform the same number of reps a following week that it's not often i have a regression in any of my exercises i tend to pb most weeks if i have a week where i just letting you know i pb every I'm just, week uh, i'm just i'm, I'm just it was rip. just a point just being every I week just, it's just the point um but if if there was a week where i match numbers i would watch it back and i would say yeah but how was the execution of it was i closer to failure on my final rep or was i further from failure so with my final rep, for example, on what's the best example I can give? Right, so um, leg press, this is a good example. So my 
uh, it's, I, I tend to do like a, a two week rotation. So at the, at the, the first crack that I added, it wasn't at the first crack, but it was at mid block. The crack that I had, I think I'm, I got a 460 leg press for nine. 460 for nine. That was big PB territory. And it really fucked me mm. off because I didn't get 10. Because I like a nice round number. But I, I literally had nine. My nose burst. I lost my vision. <laughs> and I had two spotters. And it, the last rep felt like it lasted an eternity. Now, right. the second crack that I had at it, I got 10. But even yeah. on the 10th rep, there was no nosebleed. I still had my, I still had my vision. The rep wasn't shaky, but the reason that I stopped is because I know I would have bailed at the bottom of the eleventh rep. But the tenth rep yeah. was by it was an it's already it was an additional rep, but it was nowhere near the sheer level of exertion that that ninth rep was. The two the two. Weeks I like prior. how that that's your measurement yeah. for improvement and success. It's usually got ten reps. It's usually didn't bleed. It's usually how bloodshot my eyes go is how I gauge how hard <laughs> oh, I had to. Put. I swear God. to God, I, I've, I'm going to show you a photograph on the screen very very quickly that I, I sent somebody. Um, this okay. this was after a set, and I've actually got blood all over my chest because my nose burst and my eye. I look stoned. To anyone just joining, it's a great 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 time to to uh, to jump in. To be fair, oh, it's great. We are still speaking about exercise, we promise. Okay, there's a bit of... Oh, can you see that or not really? No, your face is pale as a ghost and it's all washed oh, out. bastard. Uh, right, hang on. I feel like I remember seeing a picture, to be fair, that you, you put up and it was it was pretty... Um... Oh, okay, well, yeah. Is that bad? I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, any form of bruising slash injury on your face considering that you've been in the gym and not biting someone is normally a sign that things have so it was pretty close to failure well. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um oh we've tracked so much right now so yeah well, just just to just to wrap this question up um i would say that what is your number one tip for mentality it's great towards to want records it's well it's great i mean you're spot on with regards to um, you know, if you if you're really wanting to hit records, like, and we're talking about competing or world records, you've got to put in the work. Simple as that. For anyone who is generally uh, wanting to maybe compete, you know, at a more relaxed level, or even just looking to uh, best themselves, I would say enjoy it. Um, you know, go in and trust that the work that you've put in over the months has added up. Um, enjoy the process. Don't don't try and be outcome focused. You know, um, be happy, be proud of yourself that you're like. If you can put in all the effort, and you can be happy that whether you lifted that thing or you didn't, you put in all. You know, you you did the work, and you made the effort, then come away feeling happy. You know, realize that you you did everything you could. Sometimes you just have a shitty day. You know, yeah. it's not a reflection on you as a person. It's sometimes you can do all the training, you can be going really well, and then for some reason, just that day, you just don't get it. That's the thing about training and, and especially you know, strength training, powerlifting. Um, for anyone else, generally looking to consistently like push it in the gym. Obviously, the idea is that you should be able to progress over time. Simple as that. You know, more volume, bigger numbers. 
But my main point is to try and switch away a little bit from chasing one rip maxes because it's easy to get caught up in that and think that that is your only gauge for progression. It's not. There are so many other gauges, um, other ways of measuring. Like Sophie said, quality is one main one. How shit you feel afterwards is another one. Um, Volume, you know, amount of reps. So there are all these other ways that your body can improve. Your body is not just, I either get stronger at my one rep max or I've not gone anywhere. Um, so yeah, don't 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 get caught up on that. But again, it's that intuition thing, isn't it? It's 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 knowing when you've just had a shit day and it's knowing it's knowing when to kind of pick it back up again and go, okay, yeah. here we go again. Yeah. I think we covered that one pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, good half an hour on that one, I think. So right, what have we got next? What, are, what do you want to do? You want quite a funny one. <laughs> This will be a nice one. I'm both oh. I'm both interested, excited, and oh, worried. Okay, here we go. Would you ever oh, okay, recommend gonna... the Greg's diet? And can I just say that this person actually sent me uh, the document and the PDF of the Greg's diet, and it is just Greg's products for every meal. Would you like me to get it up? Wow, it's a legit thing. There's a PDF. I swear to God, mate, it's a legit thing. You know, you know when it's serious when there's a PDF. Oh, so the Greg's diet. Right, let me get it. Up. Okay. All right. Whilst you. Um, oh, this right. Whilst you get that up. So there's. Oh Lord above. Right. So um. So for clarity, just you know, in case anybody was confused, um, it's a diet plan where the the aim is fat loss, or weight loss, uh, and it is called. Fuck me, I hadn't seen this. <laughs> oh. <sighs> The Greg's Minimize Me Plan. Right? I swear to God, mate. Swear okay. Minimize right. me. Right. Monday. It, this is, regardless of, of, of how... Because if you use some of, sort of alliteration, <laughs> it's much more likely to work, gonna, let's face it. going to work. Right. There's no regards to whether you have this if you're male, female, age, weight, any of it, right? This is just what the Greg's Diet Plan says. Monday, breakfast, original porridge and a pack of berries and cherries from Greg's, right? Berries and cherries. Berries and cherries, good shout. Uh, lunch. Fat loss right there. Lunch. Tuna mayonnaise, sub roll. Okay. Dinner. I mean, cheese. T- it's not sounding terrible it's, so it's far. It's not, okay, it's not. Cheese, tomato and basil pasta salad, again, obviously from Greg's. And then a snack Greg's. is a fruit medley. Um, oh, a medley! I fucking love a fruit medley, me. I love a medley. <laughs> I fucking love a fruit medley. Uh, Can't just call it a mixture; it's got to be a medley. These are, these are quite interesting. I'm not gonna lie. They're, oh, okay. Does Does it have a calorie count that it comes out? No. Of? Oh, no, no, so no. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just. It's literally, mate. It's just. <laughs> it's just a page full of Greg's products, right? With just a description. Oh, Wednesdays are great days. On a Wednesday, you get an egg breakfast roll for your breakfast. You get a falafel harissa, roast vegetable, and something salad. For dinner, you get a coconut lime and chili ki- chicken coconut salad. And then you get a strawberry and granola yogurt pot. Wednesdays are my best day. Wednesdays? Oh, Wednesday. I want Wednesday every day. Wait, 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 wait. Wait until you hear Sunday. 
Sunday oh, oh, oh. waiting till you hear this. Fuck me, mate. Honestly, oh, we're on. really kicking it up a notch here. Right. I'm, I'm in Nintendo. Sunday breakfast. Here we go. you got to get up early to go to Greg's on a Sunday. Is this like a cheat day or something? It might as fucking well be. Sun- go, go for Sunday. It. Not just any porridge. Red berry porridge. Hello. Red berry. Okay. Did you know that was a thing from Greg's? Because I fucking didn't. I didn't. No. <laughs> Greg's has got a lot more uh, upper Greg's class. Greg's has got an entire I fucking restaurant by the looks of it. In. Red berry porridge. Even sausage with rolls, a, red berries. With a fruit medley, may I just add? Oh. Rice. Uh, your lunch is margarita pizza. <laughs> <laughs> your dinner, right? Your dinner is a ham salad sub <laughs> <laughs> That would be so disappointing. Going for- you've had pizza for your dinner, <laughs> then you've got to have a ham sandwich for your tea. <laughs> Someone hasn't thought about how to build that up throughout the day properly, have they? I really? Just love it. Oh, but it's all right because as a snack, you get a summer berry pot. And as we've discussed, summer berries just strip the fat off there. So... In short, does the Greg's diet work? For some people, yes, that will place you in a deficit. And if you're having a fucking ham sandwich for your tea every night, probably, yeah, you probably will lose weight on it, to be honest. So, yeah, technically the Greg's diet would work. Is it optimal? Absolutely not. Is it ridiculous? (laughs) Absolutely. Are you going to go and buy seven days worth of food from Greg's every single day and commit to going into town? Because the staff are going to be like, mm, are you okay, darling? What are you doing here? <laughs> this is your fourth time today. It's Thursday. We've seen you six Someone times. To Get talk out. To. <laughs> is that on your minimise um, me plan? <laughs> so, exasperations aside, um, let's clarify some points here. Saying... Will the Greg's diet work? <laughs> it's such a, um, a, a a wide net to cast. Yeah. And it depends on, one, what you're looking for. Like, will it work for what? I mean, I, if it's called... What was it called again? Sorry, so? The Greg... Have that in- uh, it is called the Greg's Minimise Me Plan. Okay. <laughs> Minimise me. Minimise me. Minimise me plan. Um, <laughs> If you are, say, I mean, obviously, let's assume that this is supposed to be some sort of weight loss or fat loss diet. Um, like Soph said, and we've, we've discussed this before, and we'll probably say it a million times, but it doesn't matter necessarily what you eat. Okay. It matters how much you eat. That generally dictates your goal. So if you're looking for to lose weight or lose body fat, you could eat anything. If we're talking about technical calorie terms here. Um, but if you are eating under your maintenance, you will lose body fat. If you eat above that, you will gain body fat. And maybe muscle if you're working out as well. Now, Greg specifically, I mean, even just listening to the actual choices there, my thoughts are they would work for that goal if you, again, are eating under your daily allowance. However, you may feel like a boiled turd by the end of the first week. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is the thing. Specifically boiled. Goals, yes. Feel like a boiled turd. You would feel like shit. Come on. Yeah. If if my dinner was a fucking ham sandwich and a fruit medley, I'd I'd probably curb stomp the Greg's employee. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter what you eat if you're looking for, you know, weight loss or, or weight gain. You could do the fucking McDonald's it, diet and be in a deficit. Like. It matters if you're worried about how you feel. Yeah. So you could you could eat nothing but pizza every day for the rest of your life and you would lose weight if <laughs> feel like shit. Deficit. Deficit. But you're gonna feel like shit and you probably will get to a point where you don't feel particularly full or satisfied. I think it would be pretty so, much instant. The yeah. level of so, with pizza, volume-wise. Mm. And this is where the balance comes in if you are looking to lose body fat. Um, yes, you want... Yes, it only matters being in a deficit. Like, that's that's the goal. That's the thing that gets you to the thing that you want. But you also want to make sure that you are still giving your body the nutrients that it needs to function correctly and to feel decent and to have a good sleep and all that sort of stuff. So that's why eating well helps with losing weight as well not only that but it makes you feel fuller and so it makes the whole process easier now the greg's diet again might be i mean here's where i think it has a benefit and that is someone maybe who has no option but to eat out all the time it might not even be at greg's it might just be out in general I think a lot of people still feel that if they eat out, that's automatically bad. And again, it's, you know, we have a, a prevalence now of decent food places. Um, so it's not so bad these days. But yeah. to know that you could still eat out if you are stuck for food and still move towards your goal is a great thing to know. Okay. Yeah, I see. What but, you, yeah, I get your point. Mm. Yeah. Like some people I do know are so fucking busy that they literally do not have enough time to even. Yeah. So I suppose if you give them the option to, if you give them something to to play it sensible and play it safe with, then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay. I think our issue with this comes down things like this comes down. It comes down to, first of all, why the fuck are you eating at Greg's every day for every meal? I think that's my issue with it is because it's seven days a week, three meals and a snack. That's yeah. my issue. And I mean, and also, let's face it, they probably didn't do this expecting anyone to actually follow it. It's probably a bit of a, uh, Greg's diet. Uh. Wait, just to clarify, did Greg's actually create this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense than some random person being like, I'm going to create a Greg's diet. That would be diet. hilarious if it was somebody that was like, I'm going to sell my new ebook. I just I'm love sell, me I'm going to sell my new ebook, and it is a uh, Greg's Minimize Me plan, guys. Get on it. £30 now, early bird offer. Woo, quarantine. Bang. Yeah. Fuck, I wish I'd thought um, that. I feel like a great example of this as well is uh, if you have ever seen Super Size Me with Morgan Spurlock, if that's how you pronounce yes. his name. Yes. The one where the guy of course. ate nothing but McDonald's great for every meal. It's a really interesting documentary, and obviously he didn't come out the other end feeling particularly great. He gained weight and all this. Now, the the plot twist in this twist that plot. So, someone <laughs> afterwards was like, "Hmm, this is interesting. I don't believe it though," and and tried to calculate every combination of food item. From the McDonald's menu for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and he compared it to how much uh, Morgan Spurlock said that he was eating per day in terms of calories. And this guy basically went, "There's absolutely no way that he could be consuming that many calories by any combination on the menu." No way. So he he 
was definitely snacking or something in between. Um, so I don't believe this. I'm going to do my own documentary. I'm going to eat nothing but McDonald's for 30 days or however long it was. But because I'm not a fucking moron, if they ask me if I want to supersize, I'm going to say no. Because that was the idea behind Morgan Spurlock's yeah, yeah, one yeah. was that he was like, if they, if they ask me to supersize, I'm going to have to say yes. And I'm going to have to go for these big things. This other guy did his own documentary, ate nothing but McDonald's, but was able to actually make sensible choices. And so he did this. Now, the really interesting thing was he kept going back to his doctor to get blood tests and to get um, checked up on. And as he went through, he actually lost weight. Um, his blood profile was, um, I mean, obviously I don't know him enough about this to say specifically, but basically I, he got healthier. I feel like I've seen, he got, didn't his blood lipid pro yeah. health but get better by like twofold because his BMI dropped and his body fat dropped? Yep. I think I've seen and that. This. As we know, is actually one of the main causes behind these issues. It's not like specifically didn't sugar he, or fat. Didn't he half his visceral being, fat? Something I'm like sure that. It was yeah, that. He lost body fat. He um, got healthier by whatever means you want to man- manage that. Uh, mess it, uh, measure that. And the doctor, and his words exactly to him were, "I don't like what you're proving right now." Because by just making better choices, I was able to get healthier and lose body fat by eating McDonald's. And it and it just goes to show that it's not eating a specific thing and it's not eating something from McDonald's. McDonald's isn't the bastard here. Okay, yes, there's there's so much that goes into making their products appealable um, to people and their marketing is fucking ridiculous but if you have an ounce of self-control and know what you're looking for you can still eat out of these places and not turn into a boiled turd basically well you couldn't have, i couldn't have said that by myself really it's just boom <laughs> Drop the mic! Where's the, where's the mid-busting horn? What was that sound? That was not a mic pop. That was a... I have a... You've got the mid-busting horn. I can't do it. Like... <laughs> oh, I missed that opportunity. If I do it now, it's going to be too late. But um, So, yeah. Original question. Greg's diet. Does it work? In some entities, yes. Is it optimal? No. Yeah. It depends on what you're looking for. What is it? Yeah, whether you train or not and stuff like that. Um... If it works for you, and if, if it's like, the great thing about it is it opens up this this dialogue or these these questions about, you know, oh, it's okay to eat out and it's okay to actually eat things that you would classify maybe as treats or like dirty foods and include them in your diet. What matters overall is the bigger picture, not specifically this one thing that you've done. So do we have another question? Of course we have. Is- aching what about do we have anything that seems to crop up quite a lot um i think there's a couple that we can race through quite quickly uh oh this one's quite a good one um high intensity interval training versus steady cardio which is better uh that comes back to what we just said there better in in what sense better for what Better for improving VO2 max, better for improving energy expenditure, better for reducing body fat, increasing... What What is the what is the definition of better that you're looking for here? Are you looking for 
I pre- I know who asked this question, and I presume <laughs> it is going to be for fat loss because usually when people say which is better, it's usually which is better for fat loss. Let's, it's normally for that. Let's yeah, be for honest, sure. it's usually fat loss. Um, the answer to that is whichever you can continue to perform consistently, adhere to it, and it puts you in a larger deficit than the other. That is all I there can say on that one. If you can perform yeah. high intensity um, interval training because you find that it's easier because it's only 20 minutes in short bursts, you can perform it daily, it fits into your schedule better, do that. If that fries your CNS because it's too much max effort and you haven't got the, the lung capacity or the VO2 max to maintain the intervals, don't do it. If you prefer a slow, steady state over a longer period of time, maybe it's good bit of headspace for you. Maybe you find that it's not too exerting and it doesn't impact on performance during your sessions, then you do steady state. Simple as yeah i would say um yeah similar to what you're saying if it's if it helps you to get that sort of cardio in because you're towards the arse end of a diet and you can't really reduce calories much more um or you just really enjoy it like it make it makes you feel good and you fucking love it go for it um but there is no magical thing about it when it comes to burning body fat and in fact, when you go to high intensity sprints or high intensity um, interval training, it's much more likely to be um, taxing. And I've read research that shows it's as taxing as a pretty heavy weighted workout, like a resistance workout. And so if you're already doing resistance training and then you start chucking high intensity intervals into that as well, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna blow yourself out, especially if you're in a deficit, which you should be if you're trying to lose body fat. So actually, high intensity intervals can be um, detrimental yeah. because they're so intense, they should be intense, um, that they're gonna be too testing for you when you don't have that ca- those calories and that energy coming in. Now, if whereas if you just go for like a walk for 30 minutes, that might start eating into your calories and be a lot less intense and you can do that on a more consistent basis and it's going to not negatively affect your resistance training or your strength training um which really should be the priority when you're in a deficit oh without it should be yeah without a doubt fo- making sure that you're in a deficit and then resistance training to hold on to any muscle mass that you do have cardio should only be put in towards the end to start bumping over those numbers when otherwise reducing your calories more would be shit. <laughs> like where you're literally like, I, I can't it's, eat anything. It's else. not even like at the point where it's shit. It's just like, well, where do you go from there? Like you've left yeah. yourself with no options. You've exhausted every other possible opportunity. You're doing a massive amount of cardio. You're, you're on really low food. Performance in the gym is starting to drop. You know, something's going to flacker at some point and it's likely going to be everything because you've just burnt out at every single opportunity. Yeah, sleep. So, it, yeah, exactly. Like, sleep quality is going to go through the fucking shit. Like, which will then make you hungrier. So this is why you... Like, everything's a balance, when, especially when you're losing... Um, when you're you know trying to is? lose body fat. On paper, dieting is the easiest thing in the world. It's calories in versus calories mm. out. The further you get into it, the more and more things that you have to start looking at. And that is where people get it wrong. That's where they go, well, I should still be in a deficit because this and because this. And it's like, yeah, well, you're right. You, you should be. But because you had a shit night's sleep, your energy expenditure for the day has dropped because your needs dropped because you've got less energy to actually start to expend. So you're not actually moving around as much. 
you're not fidgeting as much. You went to bed mm. earlier and sat down and did less. You actually didn't push yourself as hard during cardio. If you're the type, and I see, this is the one that I see the most. If someone says to me, I'm on 40 minutes of Stairmaster a day, that is my cardio for the day. You go, okay, cool. At the start of a prep, or at the start of a diet or anything like that, if they've got these 40 minutes of Stairmaster, even at the start of a week, right? They are upright, they're not holding on as such, they've just kind of got the hands placed on it, they're going at quite high intensity. By the fucking Friday, they're hunched over, they're cunt, they're like on speed three, and they're like, (laughs) and they're just, the expenditure, speed, right down. Half of your body weight is now resting on a machine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like doesn't count if you're snoozing whilst you're ex- on a treadmill exactly <laughs> but to them because they're still performing 40 minutes of Stairmaster that variable therefore hasn't changed they think it's the same exactly so mm. it's not um, it's it's not necessarily things that stare you right in the face but it takes somebody else to go these little little things yeah. that start to get affected as you go more into a dieting phase yeah. for sure and, that, so, yeah, and that's what comes um, into it with, with the, the interval training as well you know like you may think that yeah, okay, well, I still did 10 intervals. But, but how, how, intense how hard intervals? did you go on those 10 intervals? Do yeah. You know, like, did you, did you stop before the 30 seconds was up, really? Like, by two seconds? Because to me, that's something that matters. If I if I yeah. got to 25 seconds and went, oh, I've only got five seconds, I'll just start slowing down. No. It's something that I've been thinking about recently because I've been seeing, obviously, with the prevalence of home workouts now, um, people go, oh, I just, you know, just did my home workout and I did this thing on the app and you're like, awesome, yeah. great, sweet. If you're moving, and especially if you have never done this stuff before and it's getting you moving, wicked. But do not come to me and say that you've just done a, a high intensity interval workout and it lasted 45 minutes. No, it didn't. That's not, that's not hit. Like, it's interval training. By a it's minute, it's, it's interval training to some degree. But if, if you are not fucking panting out of your asshole by by minute 15, you are not doing high-intensity sprints. No. Like, because you can't maintain you that. Need... You, you, it, by definition, it's not high-intensity. High, high Hit training is never easy for anybody. And if it is, it's not hit training. By yeah. definition, you should be at, like, fucking peak VO2 max. You should be blown out of your arse. And if you're not, you go... Oh, well, I went max effort. You clearly didn't. You didn't. You did. We're not saying that you didn't put in effort. Yeah, but you like, didn't. You, you hit obviously max didn't. If, you, if you're like panting and sweating, cool. But if you went for 45 minutes, sorry, that's not high intensity. Like It's just not. And, not. and that isn't to say that you can't perform interval training for 45 minutes. Nobody is saying that you're incapable of yeah. doing that. That is great. If you can do that, get in. But. How hard? It's not. How hard? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hun. It's not. Soz. Soz, hun. Soz all sticks. You're, you're not. Like, I'm... Right, what was the question again? Uh, hit training versus... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Which is better. I, I think to, we've, we've... I, I like it. to clarify points. Uh, what is better is what you enjoy. Um, if you're at that point, you shouldn't be chucking loads of cardio um, if you are in a dieting phase in from the very beginning. It should always be something, uh, you know, once you've got into it a little bit again if you love doing it because it makes you feel good and that's the key thing if if going for a walk or or doing a bit of like interval stuff in the morning makes you feel amazing for the rest of the day it makes you super productive great 
the problem is when people think that they need to be doing it. Plus also, it depends on who you are. For some people, um, cardio makes them, and again, they've done, they've done research on this, they've done tests and all that official stuff. For some people, cardio makes them more hungry. And so therefore, you're mu if you're one of those yeah. people, you're much more likely to then overeat, therefore negating what you've just done because cardio doesn't really burn an awful lot of calories. But for some people, it actually blunts their appetite. So you might be someone yeah. where if you do uh, go for a walk in the morning for half an hour, or if you do some intervals in the morning, for the rest of the day, you, you might not eat as much. And so therefore, it's really working in, in your favor. It's working as a, you know, as a benefit to you. Yeah. So you need to find this stuff out. But a key point to make is that a lot of people used to think that doing high intensity intervals in the morning, especially on an empty stomach, was magical for burning fat specifically. Now, for all, no. There's the intricacies of how your body works means that yes, at that point, your body does supposedly burn more body fat for fuel. However, that actually slows down more over the course of a day so it actually ends up balancing out so please don't think that there is anything magic about either high intensity intervals or training fasted um like going for a jog fasted in the morning that has all been debunked that is horseshit what matters is what you do in the whole of the day so my that's only, my only point to make with that one and it is actually a question that cropped up that i wasn't going to answer because it relates to quite a specific supplement but i'm going to cover it anyways because you've tapped into it have mm. you heard of a supplement called your yes yes i have your hcl so your hcl is a tried playing with that right throughout my life okay so your hcl is um it isn't legal in the uk to purchase um it is not an illegal supplement and it is not banned um, it is just banned to purchase for sale. It is banned for sale within the UK, but it's not an illegal supplement. Right. Um, and your hormone HCL is an appetite suppressant, and it is a. I, I'm not going to get into the intricacies of it too much because it'll go on forever. But basically, your hormone HCL only works within a fasted state. So your blood glucose right. needs to be within a fasted state. So the only time and I implement this myself along with a, another like drug protocol, but we'll, that, that's another kind of, it's a bit more of a long-winded one. You know, it's like aspirin and this and this and this. Yeah. Nobody mm. wants to hear about that. Um, your hormone only works in a fasted state. So if you elevate heart rate and you remain in a fasted state, so you've got no amino acids, no lipids, no glucose going into the bloodstream, your hormone works in a way that and I hate this word, this term so much. It actually has been, the studies pretty much prove, and the literature does suggest that your hormone HCL upregulates spot fat reduction. Right. Um, so the, the targeted, so say you were to do uh, bike sprints and you did it on an empty stomach and you did it with uh, usually five milligrams to 10 milligrams of your hormone HCL you would utilize it essentially it 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 shuttles blood to the area that's being utilized and it warms up that area that typically stays cold because it's higher in fat and it it can upregulate the oxidation of that fat it can actually utilize the fat within that area 
So technically, it's a way of upregulating spot fat reduction. And it is a big bodybuilding trick. And I'm a big advocate of your homebine. A really big advocate <laughs> of your homebine. I think it's a fantastic... Right. I think it's a fantastic drug. I... Could we put out a disclaimer right now? Uh, because is this one of the ones... Because uh, obviously there's a reason why some of these are controlled substances. So your homebine has been... The literature shows that your homebine can impact upon anxiety um, and it can induce anxiety any anywhere between 2.5 grams plus and as some, definitely remember this yeah and as somebody who's suffered with anxiety previously and has worked with people who suffer from anxiety you've got to know when to advise and when not to advise now i'm not a medical professional so i'm never ever going to say that you should take a drug that i think you should take and things like that, that is 100 your prerogative yeah. um but that is why your hombine is regulated within this country it is because of its ability to induce anxiety and that comes I think it's similar well. to, uh, was it ECA? Um, no, ECA? ECA? Oh, like an ECA. Ephedrine. Uh, ephedrine, caffeine yeah. and aspirin. Yes, so ephedrine. same reason it, you yeah. used to be able to purchase so, ECA stacks in the UK, didn't you? These things come with a cost, I think, oh, yeah. is the simplest way of putting it on. They, they take a toll on your body. Yeah. Um, I've definitely had friends come to me and just be like, I'm going to take this pill when they don't have everything else dialed in and they're not looking to fucking compete and you're just like dude please do not try and look for the magic pill because this you can't sit on your ass and take this pill and then suddenly appear Bingo. um you know like cinderella in the shape that you want to that is my issue with you it. will still have to manipulate this in a way where you get you know you're you're still doing the things that you need to be doing and i say this from a place of complete understanding because i was guilty of that we all have when i first started out for the first few years i have bought into every fucking supplement haven't we all of course especially the dodgy ones hydro cup max and and anything with the word cut or burn or thermo in it, every, every single it's, yeah, one. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's basically just that, but the pill. ones that are more, you know, the ones that are even controlled. Um, well, let's look and, at um, Psalms, for example. Psalms is one, um, Ephedrine, yep. um, Johombine, um, Pro-Hormones, Anything that kind of teeters between a herbal supplement that's sold in Holland and Barrett and anabolic steroid that is off the cards because steroids. It's like yeah. that middle ground, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's, yeah. is it illegal? Is it not Not illegal? quite illegal. But it's, not... it's a bit more than what you would normally take. It's a bit more like, oh, I'm going a bit... I'm taking this a bit more seriously now. And it's like... Mm. In my opinion, if... And again, it's very much my opinion. If you are the type of person that is that bothered and you know you say oh you want to compete and you want to do this and that and you're already teetering into the realm of something that is mimicking the effects of a harder drug and you're willing to take the risks for something that likely hasn't been tested on as much particularly some psalms psalms a few years ago had minimal literature on them and they weren't tested (laughs) and they weren't regulated and some of those things were fucking dangerous and they were filled with crap like really yeah. really filled with crap i can't remember the brand exactly but there was one and it claimed to be cardarine which is like an endurance drug um and, a, and again a fat oxidation drug they turned out to be 600 milligrams of caffeine in one tablet now that's the equivalent of Holy three shit balls. 600 milligrams 
I've taken 400 yeah, so in one I've go as a part of a pre-workout. And fuck me, I saw parts of the universe that I never knew existed. Yeah. And, you know, these are substances that are, quote-unquote, not the hard stuff. You know? Yeah. So if, if you're willing to take the risk of taking something that is untested and has been fiddled with and isn't quite as hard as the other stuff, then I would take a little bit of a longer hard look and go... Why am I risking this? For what cost? I feel like that's the key. Like, the easiest way I can, I think I can sum this up is the benefit to risk ratio on these things is, is so shit. Like, the risk is quite high and this, the benefit that you might see if you are all lean might be like 0.5%. And every other thing that you have going on has to be fucking bang on, on. point bang on it is the yeah. one per- is a supplement it is not these things are sold to make you feel like you can take them and they will just magically melt fat it's away bullshit. and that's that's not it if you are um if you can't already see your abs these things aren't going to make a fuck all difference so please i would say just don't just it's tempting they're marketed very well um, don't do it. Don't buy you're, into you're, it. You can. You could be one of these people um, who ends up fucking their body over for what? For, well, exactly. for, for what? For an Yeah, for what? <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it at that. For what? Um, and again, this is coming from personal experience. I wish that I had someone sort of saying this to me and trying to drill this into me um, when I was younger because I just wanted to take the thing yeah, and for that to, that fat to melt away. And this stuff is is minimal at best but the risks can be very high so yeah let's but you know it's it's good to be in a place now where we can we can be the person that we wish we had a few years ago and just say like we hope bother. well yeah we you know, i mean this we hope. this is why we do this i mean i know that emotions can override any any logic and people trying to give you good advice all i can hope is that something in this and and i speak about this you know, I, I, I say this, and, and I mean this with everything that we say. All I can hope is that one thing just, like, hits the mark. And you go, oh, I try that. And that's or, all it takes. okay, I was thinking of doing this, and I'm not going to, because actually they've said that it really doesn't yep. count. And so, therefore, I'm going to trust them. And hopefully, if, the, if, if that can happen a couple of times to people, then I'm happy. Yeah. And especially if it comes to taking this... You know, taking things. Hey, if we can save um, somebody money, then like and save someone some money, yeah. yeah like, like that's what we're here for. Especially at the end especially of the, now, like yeah. Like don't fucking buy stupid supplements. Don't, don't do buy raspberry ketones. Invest that money right into now. a coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just exactly. putting it out there. Yeah, exactly. Great, great point. Anyone, that. not us. Anyone, and, yeah. anyone you trust, anyone that you feel good yeah. with, um, anyone that you can talk to. Invest money into a coach, not supplements, yeah, you, because that accountability gets people definitely. far further than taking anything. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Bingo, Could man. we? I reckon maybe one more. One more. Should I pick a really good one? Because it's. Uh, I'm looking at this, and it's an hour and fifteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it. much for that half Love an hour. The sound I mean, of my this own is voice. the thing is, I'm having so much fun. I, I, I'm fucking loving speaking we could do, about this. To be fair, we could do a I'm, part I'm, two I'm, another day because some of the honestly, all of these questions are outstanding. Uh, right, let me one more. I one think and we'll, we'll try and keep right. it. So we, oh dear, because I'm hungry. Oh well, I mean, 
Oh. I don't envy your, your dog right now. The pit. Ooh. Next question. Okay. Um, right, this is one that I have been asked several, several times. And it is quite Good. an interesting cool. one because it is, it's one that kind of relates back to my practice because I do both of these things, but only within one within a certain group of people and one within another group of people. So the question is, what does a refeed do? And is it the same as a cheat meal? Oh. Isn't that a fantastic question? Now, I know it's a fantastic question oh. because myself and Rob have both. I've got, I have refed Rob. And I've also given Rob a cheat just meal. Physically, I just have, personally. I have forced carbs down, down Rob's down neck so hard. No, I have spoon, I have refed spoon, Rob and I've given me. Rob cheat spoon meals. Spoon fed me. So this one's a great one because I, I implement both, but not with everybody. So the person that asks this question only ever gets refeeds. Not cheat meals. Not cheat meals. And there is a distinct difference. Yes. In that case, do you want to start wanna, with this? I want to um, hear what your take is on it first. I want to know... Why? Okay. okay. Tell me. Okay, because like I say, I've done this, with Rob, and I've done it. I've done it as well. So I want to know Rob's mm. take on it before I go on a tangent. For you, what do you see different about a refeed and a cheat meal? Differences. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. I'm gonna um, sit so here with my whiskey and cheat let you talk. Specifically, we've done um, a refeed. For me, a refeed is a much more planned or... Well, sometimes I know that you, you don't have to plan them. You can go by feel if you are so in tuned with your body when you're in a dieting phase. But generally, they are more controlled. They are very specific. They are like, right, this is a refeed day and I need you to eat this amount of carbs, um, fats and protein. And there is a reason behind that. And that is because we want to introduce more glycogen into your body to ensure that your body basically kind of goes hey energy yay i'm not i'm not lacking on any of that um it can be a mental break for some people as well because you do get to you know chow down on some some treats the the difference is it because a refeed is normally predominantly carbohydrate based it's actually not the binge that most people think it is because most of the stuff that people really enjoy when they chat you know treat themselves um, are a combination of sugar, like high sugar and high fat. So you get everything. You get this amazing bomb of stuff that your body loves. And then uh, that's what makes them so fucking tasty. Now, a refeed, you have very specific goals, um, targets to hit, especially with carbohydrates, which are normally very high. So actually, you have to eat... Well, have to. I mean, the, the ideal mixture is a good amount of sugar but also some sensible carbohydrates as well. Um, because the only way to hit that really high carbohydrate goal without bumping up your other calories is by eating sugar, basically, which is great. As someone like myself who loves a good jelly baby, um, oh. for me, oh. a packet of jelly babies on the refeed is an absolute glorious treat. Like I, The problem is it makes you realize how unsatisfying sugar is, like pure sugar. Because although at the time you're like, this tastes really good, afterwards you're just like, oh, it's I can eat more, <laughs> I need more. Yeah. And that's, refeeds are actually really difficult, I find. Because I normally get to the end of the day and I'm like, fuck, I've got all these carbs to eat and I'm, I'm maxed out on protein and fat. And yet I'm still kind of hungry. I'm not satisfied, I'm not like full. 
Now, a cheat meal, first of all, I have a problem with the phrase cheat and cheat meal. And I'm fully aware that this is old termage for something that people used to do as like a, essentially a mental diet break. The problem with it is, is that by calling it a cheat meal, you're already labeling it as a very negative experience. Um, not only that, but you're not giving any concrete, I guess, stipulations as to what has to be in that meal. Um, now, don't get me wrong, for someone who's just looking for a bit of a diet break, if you've been dieting, and this is key, for a long period of time, you know, like 12 weeks or something, then hey, yeah, a cheat meal where you can just eat what you want, probably not going to do much in terms of being detrimental to your progress because you've been on a diet already for 12 weeks. If, however, you are one week into your diet and you're like, Saturday, cheat meal, and then you go balls to the wall, you're, you could possibly undo a lot of the the stuff that you've done throughout the week, the self-control that you've, um, that you, that you've, uh, that you've shown, I guess, throughout the week, and then therefore not actually being as much of a deficit as you thought. Um, it's, it's a, it's a comedy thing, but have you ever seen the Butterfield, Butterfield diet plan? Oh my God, yes! <laughs> I can't believe you've seen the but room temperature water thing ever. I can't and believe it, you've seen the Butterfield diet. Anyone watching or listening, if you have not seen it, please pause this right now oh. and go and Google Butterfield diet plan on YouTube. I loved you what already, but I love you even more now. But to sum it up, it's basically a diet plan. It's a oh. comedy again. Please. Let that be known. Um, where he, like, the, the, the portions and the food is basically bare minimal throughout the week. And he's literally like, for dessert, ice cubes with, with sweet <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous like that. Yeah. And then, is it Saturday or Sunday? He, Saturday, he goes, Saturday is treat day. It's treat day. <laughs> you have 12 hours to consume as much food. 24 hours. 24 hours. 24 hours to consume as much as you want and whatever you want. And he's doing like fluffy rust, potato fruits. <laughs> bon, 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 bons. <laughs> Scotch and, eggs. And like, yeah, mystery meat. Mystery meat. <laughs> oh, what and else? he's stuffing himself and then he's set an alarm. And when that 24 hours is over, the alarm goes off and he has to put his fork down. And But he's absolutely stuffed his face with all of this shit. Yeah. And then he's like, and then you do that all over again. And it, but the meal plan it, is like hilarious. It's like a square of lean turkey a square breast, of ham. A yeah. single baked bean and low sugar sauce. Drink. Room temperature the water. Is, it's the great thing about it is it's a caricature of the way a lot of people think. And that is, um, yeah. what is the word? Uh, not neglecting themselves, but um, restricting throughout the whole yeah, week. Restriction. So, massive blowout at the weekend and that's because they think that that's the way that it needs to be whereas actually myself and sophie like to try and get across whether that be via these things or via when we work with someone this thing of like look you can have these 
these things that you really enjoy, you should make, if you're on a quote-unquote diet, or your diet should consist of a combination of, yes, sensible, good whole foods, but also those things that you really enjoy. As long as you have them and they, you're still hitting your goals, you can do this. Because then when you hit the weekend, instead of feeling like, oh my God, I've, I have been without my treats and my enjoyable meals, and then going batshit crazy and, and basically binging, you're, you won't do it because you're just like, yeah, but I get to eat things that I really enjoy every day and I'm okay, I'm cool. And so therefore, over time, that adds up to keeping you on track to where you want to be. Um, so yes, it's it's a caricature, but if it's it's actually quite good commentary on, I guess, diet culture. Oh, they're there. It's it's true though. Like, so it's. I mean, what you said about cheat meals there is is everything that I could say about a cheat meal. They are a fantastic. Yeah. They are a fantastic tool. If you know how to phrase it correctly, I'm gonna say that because if I were to implement a cheat meal uh, with one of my guys, I I don't tend to say the phrase cheat meal. I said yeah. I said I tend to say off plan or free meal. I tend to go for free meal. I think that works out mm. a little bit better. Okay, just what I like to and say. And language is everything. When I I think it is because people. the second you say cheat, they go oh. <clears throat> Cheat is therefore outside my scope of dieting. It's already naughty, so I can go as naughty as I physically want. Yeah. Now, a cheat meal to somebody could be a homemade burger and fries. A cheat meal to somebody else could be, this means I get to smash in two dominoes, pack of cookies, <laughs> ice cream, this. Honestly, I'm that person, so pff, oh, triggered. Talk dirty to me. Excuse me. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, there's a spectrum, isn't there, with everything? Yeah. And No, actually, I... That's a really, really good point. A cheat meal for one person is so vastly different to someone else. So subjective. A cheat meal for a 130-pound powerlifter who is likely on a lot of food across the day, a cheat meal for them versus a (laughs) 56-kilo young girl. Mm. I don't care how good your appetite is. For one person, it's a beer. Like for one yeah, person, yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, I get to have a so, glass of wine tonight. So a really good example. I actually just gave, um, and I used the term free meal. I just gave one of my athletes an Easter egg. <laughs> nice. That was that was their free meal for the week. Yeah. Free and 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 notice the term meal as well. It's it's not. It's, oh yeah, it's not a day. It's not a meal. It's uh, sorry. It's it's not a period of time. It's right. an item that I'm classifying as a meal. I'm not saying this afternoon you can have whatever you want because the second it is 12 o'clock, they go, bingo, get the fucking cream eggs in. Fucking <laughs> No, I, 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 I do not like that. It, and, and it comes back down to the fact that I'm a complete and utter fucking control freak. Yeah. But also, if you True. build a relationship with the individuals that you work with, you also know what is... A, what is within the realms of, of maybe triggering old habits and also what could potentially bring back some things that you've worked incredibly hard to kind of just suppress over time. You've, you've mm. worked with someone to build an incredible relationship with food. So if you've got them tracking quite relentlessly, you've educated them regarding food, you've educated them regarding 
food sources, what makes them feel good. If you were to say, now I know for a couple of my lot, if I were to go this afternoon, you can have whatever you want. Everything I've taught them would go out the window. Potentially. Right. Now they know me well enough to know that I would never let that happen. Um, it's quite easy to kind of throw the, throw the info book out the window for a minute and go, Oh, well she said yeah. I can have whatever I want. So everything's on the table type thing. And the following day, it becomes that kind of guilt cycle. They've overeaten, yeah, they sure. feel guilty the next day, so therefore they overcompensate the following day. And then they find it kind of difficult to get back into routine. Whereas I've, if I give them, look, I want you to have one free meal this evening. It can be, a pizza, for example, a pizza, a burger and fries, a this, a this, a this. And because they've worked with you for a period of time where they know that I, I really pl- place a lot of emphasis on digestion, uh, say, um, satiety, um, just general hunger cues and how it makes them feel and right. that that kind of requirement of intuition regarding fullness. So if I basically them, get a free meal in and they went, oh my God, a meal. She hasn't said, I can't have this, this and this. So if they mm. went a meal, they're going, okay, let's have a three course meal. I had... Now, and she was a girl with a big appetite as well. And I mean a big, big appetite. And I would never put her past mm. her at the, when she started with me. And she said, she went, I ordered a pizza and I got two thirds of the way through it. Realized that I was getting full was just before I got a little bit nauseous. So I gave the rest of the pizza to my partner. And my partner asked me if I was drunk. <laughs> and I was like, that is such a huge thing. Even for me, yeah. if I had been told I have a cheat meal and if I don't really bank on this cheat meal and go all out, then I've wasted the opportunity. No. Mm. you. It served its purpose. You've had some food off plan. You feel good, so you're not at the point where you're nauseous. Yeah. You don't feel like you've overindulged. So the following day, you don't feel the need to, to kind of over-restrict. And you get straight back to routine the following day and you actually feel better the following day. You've got a little bit more sodium in your system, likely. You've got more carbs in your system, a little bit more fat in your system. Muscle glycogen's a little bit fuller, so potentially the following morning you're going to look a little bit more muscular, which to, to some people, yeah. including myself, is is predominantly the reason for that kind of cheat meal. It's not so much for a mental break anymore. It's so that we we have a little bit more of an aesthetic about it because when... You know, you've been dieting for a while and stuff. Your you one fear is that, oh, I'm going to lose muscle mass. And, and the one argument we have with ourselves in the mirror every single day is, oh, I'm getting small. I'm just getting small. Every, every day. I'm like, ugh, ugh, yeah. no, don't go. And, and you know. The, All my gains. You know, All my gains. Nah. And, and, you know, the likelihood of it is you haven't lost anything. It's just because your yeah. muscle glycogen's fat and it needs filling back up. So to, to fill that muscle glycogen back up and to stand in the mirror and go, that's You're the, just like. That's, pizza baby that's the, that's the bodybuilder that I, I thought I was but so. also it comes back to what we've spoken about on a previous episode um, which is the emotionally satisfying aspect of it yeah so we and talked then, about anatomically satisfying and emotionally satisfying yeah so you've got you've got the feeling of just being full so volume of food which veg, where vegetables come into play in fiber you know where you're just like cool I I feel like I've got a lot of volume in me yeah if you hate every meal that you have, it's gonna, you're not gonna, you're just gonna want to eat more, yeah. and so therefore you need that balance of the two, and so therefore meals like that are really, I think, integral to keeping that going, because your client in mind probably went feel pretty fucking good after that, 
I enjoyed that. That oh, was pretty. They were like, I love cool. you. That was so I'm much now better. Back. Than I, yeah. I'm, it's so much easier to get back on track the next day um, rather than if you just, you know, took that away from someone for eight weeks or 12 weeks or however many months you needed to work with them. They're going to just be like, nah, fuck this, mate. I'm, I'm done. I'm so done. So, yeah, uh, there is a very important distinction between refeeds and, and, and cheat meals. Um or free meals, as you like to, to put them, which I definitely think is 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 a healthier mentality. It's just something that way of wording it. It's and, it comes naturally to do. me now. Like I, I yeah, cheat meal doesn't tend to. I mean, I use it. With it's myself. such an old shit term, though, isn't it? It it's is an old term, terms. and you know, it's something that I mean, I use it with my bodybuilding coach and stuff because it's just you know, it's it's me. Do you know what I mean? It's not something yeah. that you know triggers me. But that's because you have the understanding of it. And he knows that he knows that I have the understanding of it. And I think if 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 I didn't, he would potentially swing it another way. He would say, "I'm going to give you an additional meal." For example, he wouldn't yeah. necessarily say, "Let's get a cheap meal," you know, or that type thing. You know, you know, it it and it, it depends on what your audience is. And and I think as long as you know how to communicate with with the client base that you are, particularly with a refeed as well. I mean, if you, some clients, you can't necessarily tell them that you're giving them a refeed because they go refeed, refuel, lots of food, boom, boom, boom. Right. So you just tell them. I just say for today, this is your macro split. Or for Saturday, Mm. this is your macro split. Honestly, Mm, mate, it works wonders. Yeah. Absolute wonders. Most of which they go, oh my God, the fuck, but. Likely it comes down to I program something maybe a little bit more taxing on the following Monday or the Sunday or whatever. You know, there's always a purpose for it. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the key thing. That I, I feel like... I mean, actually, to be fair, for either of the ways of phrasing it, whether it's a refeed or a cheat meal, this, it, there needs to be a purpose. Oh, 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 completely. Yeah, completely. If you're just chucking out cheat meals because you're just like, I'm so fed up with my diet, that's not a great way to, to be using them and to utilising them. Yeah. Uh, but if if you have a coach who understands you um, and can be like, right, I can gauge by our chats that you're struggling a little bit, your energy is starting to wane, your sanity is starting to wane, your sleep is being affected. This is why a good coach will not only just be like, did you hit your calorie targets and did you go to the gym this week? Yeah. Like, what's your mood like? What's your sleep like? Yeah. Because these are greater reflections on how this diet, this dieting phase is going more than anything else. Like, how is your performance? Um, and if you, if everything's falling to shit and you are struggling as a human being, then they are much more likely to just be like, maybe we went a bit too extreme. Maybe this person can't handle this. They need a little bit of a bump. I'm going to give them that. Yeah, it's. I think it's a reflection of the person who's coaching you or who's advising in the way in which they implement them. You, usually the, you can see the strategy behind it and it's knowing when to play that card because if you play it too early, and there's nothing wrong with playing it too early and then realising down the line going, oh, I could have saved that for a point where it was more beneficial. That's fine. You live and you learn with the person that you're working with. But yeah. it's quite interesting to see when an individual, in your opinion, needs a refeed or a cheat, or a cheat meal or a free meal or whatever versus somebody else, it, it it very much depends how long you've been working with the person. So if you if you think, oh, that person's been dieting for quite a while now, they had quite a significant weight drop this week, performance is 
maybe on the on the point of overreaching and you've got quite a heavy tax and session the following week for me that would be enough to say we have a small bump in food for maybe mm. for maybe two days i'm quite a big advocate of a two-day refeed as well um i quite like a, a, a two-day refeed because then the individual doesn't feel like that for one day they've kind of gone all out and that this, oh. I, I quite like to so say if i was to my aim is to maybe get an additional 700 grams of carbs into an individual across the space of a week 100 grams of carbs a day isn't a huge amount so i quite like to split a 350 and a 350 across two days often on a weekend well i guess and i've only just this has only just clicked into into my brain but instead of giving persons people that one day that then is is much more of a big deal to them. If you yeah. that across two days, their brain goes. It's just oh, routine. It's, it's routine. This, this, is, this is fine. Routine. This is normal. This is okay. Whereas and, if you're just like, this is the one day that you have to really make it count. Yeah. It's much more of a big deal for people. And, Whereas if you yeah. free feed over two days, they're much more likely to go. Oh, cool! I've got a few days of extra carbs. Sweet. That that is that is pretty much the reason that I do it and. And again, a lot of what I do comes down to digestion and satiety as well. I'm not going to, if I know an individual struggles with digestion anyways, or they really struggle with meal volume or meal frequency, if I was to put six, 700 grams of carbs into one day, I know they wouldn't hit it. And I know they that's would, pretty difficult. 700 grams of carbs is 2,800 calories in carbs. I mean, unless and I'm, I'm jelly babies. That's I'm, I'm jelly not the babies. person that's comfortable in having seven hundred grams or maybe six hundred grams of that seven hundred grams coming from yeah. high GI values. I don't think it's. You'd be buzzing off your tits. Exactly, the crash would just be. <laughs> it would make you feel like shit. So there's a better Get way. Those, uh... There's a better way to implement it, and it's knowing. Yeah. But if you do have an individual that you think could get that in. And needs to get it in within the day type thing so that they don't trail over to the following day and think that, oh, I can do it for the rest of the week. Again, it's knowing who to implement it with and knowing how to implement it. There's no right or wrong answer with this. I think that's why it's so difficult to kind of tell somebody how to implement a refeed and how to implement a cheat meal type thing. There is no mm. kind of golden rule with it. The only golden rule is know who you're working with and know how to adapt the the change that you're trying to bring about and the, the, the impact upon the body that you're trying to bring about. If you're trying mm. to fill out muscle glycogen, and I mean brim muscle glycogen without spilling over into subcutaneous water because you've probably whacked in too many carbs, is it a better idea to slowly implement through the week to gauge someone's carb tolerance? Or do you go balls to the wall for one day, see what happens and then scale it back? It depends. Yeah. What do you want to get out of it? How will the person react to spilling over? How will the person yeah. react to not being as full as they would have liked to have been? You need to know how they're going to react in all of these scenarios. You don't need to know, but it serves you incredibly well as an individual who's coaching yeah. somebody to know how they're going to react in that scenario in order to prevent what could potentially happen, to prevent the aftermath. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. prevent the aftermath. And, and it's why knowing and and having a good relationship with your coach and your and vice versa as a coach having a good relationship with your client is so important especially when you're getting to specifics or like very 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 specific goals 
because then you can gauge these things better because it's not just a case of I'm going to give you this to do this thing. It's how are you going to react as a human being? And everyone reacts differently to these things. Um, and so therefore, ideally, and it's not that it will be 100% right all the time, like you say, like sometimes you get it wrong and that's just human nature. Um, it and doesn't it mean destroy the goal. Yeah, and it serves quite a good purpose to get it wrong as well. Get it wrong early. Because then you learn. Get it wrong early. And then following on from that, you've got an alternative approach that could potentially work better off the data that you've collected from the first attempt. Yeah. People where, seem to think Where are your mistakes with pride? Like You well that's it. The great do, thing about like, this, this whole thing oh, is that you you can adjust and go as you go along. You know, this 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 fear of just like fucking up or failing. Um and then that's it, you're done. It's just so unfounded. Yeah. The great thing about health and nutrition and or you know fitness and and trying to achieve a certain goal whether that be body fat focused or or like um strength based is that if something doesn't work you can adjust it that's it. progression comes in so many entities it, it, it isn't limited to did you go forward in this no well that's it you're a failure like yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't you know, did the skills drop this week? No, well, that's it. You, you're a fat cunt. Like, it doesn't work like that, you know? Like, it, it, there's, more, yeah. there's more to it. There's so many different aspects of it and and so much to take from it, whether you intended to take a particular lesson from it or not. I mean, God, I love posting photographs of my first show. Oh, my God, I was basically obese on stage. Like, I love... <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Wait, was I there for that one? You were. I think, yeah, I was. You I was because, you know, I'm an awesome human being and an awesome friend. You're my, fa- my favourite person, you know that. And. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, you. But, you know, what I learned from that show, I learned more from that show than I have from any other show that I've done following that. And every show that I've done yeah. following that, I've looked a million times better. And but... probably more than anyone could tell. To, could, could say to you nobody could tell me that I wasn't fucking peeled on stage I had to that. do it I had to go through it no but even even just like in terms of information if someone was like oh you got to this is what you've got to do and this is the process that doesn't hit you emotionally that doesn't no. make that uh, experience stick going up there on stage and then being able to reflect on that is going to make you go right I did this this is my outcome this is what I did like this is what I didn't like and this is the same with anyone, even if you're just trying to lose a few pounds, like you've got to go through that process. Absolutely. You've got to find these things that work for you. And it links to something that I posted on Instagram, really. And kind of got it that if you're watching this and you don't have me on Instagram, look a brother up, that you didn't see that. It's not a simple, because knowing what humans are like, it's not just a case of just executing the thing. Yeah. Yes, if you if you have that control over yourself, and if you've so for simplest way of putting it, me and Sophie have been doing this for a lot of years now, and we have tried a lot of the things, and we know what works for us personally, and we know what doesn't work for us personally. So now, when we want to get to a certain goal, especially if we're talking about fat loss, we can now go. I'm going into a fat loss phase. I know that I need to execute A, B, and C. And I'm going to switch over to that mode and that's it. I'm on a fat loss phase because we've found out what works for us and what doesn't work for us. If you're coming at this completely anew and you're just suddenly in your lifetime deciding that you want to get a bit stronger, maybe lose some body fat, 
then it's going to take longer because you're going to start, you're possibly going to do things that don't work for you. I don't want to say make mistakes because, again, it's... it's Define mistakes. You make a mistake. That's fine. And that's the important thing to, to realise. Like, a mistake does not completely set you back to step one. What you'll do is you'll... Hang on, let me get this right because this isn't mirrored. There we go. So you'll probably start... Oh, where's my finger? <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, you'll start making some progress and then you'll possibly fall off or whatever you want to call it. So you'll, you know, you'll go down a little bit and then you'll kind of get back on it and go down and up and down and up. And that's a regular um, sensible way of progressing through any skill or, or, or achieving any goal. But the problem is people will go, oh, I'm seeing progress, progress, progress. Oh, I fucked up. Shit, and then, that's it. End of, oh, shit, over. shit, shit. And then they'll go, okay, I'm just going to not bother. Zoom off the grid. That's where most people fall down in, in, in any skill or in any goal. you got to keep with it, figure out what worked for you, what didn't, and then reassess and carry on. And that's the, that's the important thing, especially with health and fitness. This is, uh, you've got a lifetime to achieve these goals. Unless you're looking to step on stage in the next three months, which, you know, if you are, you're probably already... Hopefully, Carla, um, established or you're, you're already doing some sort of exercise looking at your nutrition. If you're not, if you're coming at this afresh or even just as a casual kind of, hey, I like going to the gym, you've got all the time in the world. Find out what works for you. Find out what habits work for you and what processes work for you. And then once you've tried stuff and certain things don't work and some things do, you will then have basically a list of points of things that work for you that you can then turn around when later on and go, now I'm going to execute these. Every time I've done a cut, each cut has been more and more successful for me and has been easier because I learned from the previous one. And But that has taken time and that has taken that process. And it's important that you go through that process. You can't skip to the front of the queue. You don't get to do that. If you are someone who has a lot of self-control and you can go to a coach and you do exactly what they tell you to do, then yes, congratulations, you'll probably achieve that goal very quickly, yeah. especially as a fat loss. But if you aren't, if you are, are completely new to this, then you a part of the process is learning, not just dropping the weight. Part of that process is the stuff and the important thing that I just said. Yeah! <laughs> um, I don't think we can. I don't think we can. No, go I mean, any further now. Like honestly, that, is, that set the tone for the episode. That is like I had done. planned on this being a very short. We had. Um, we said I'll be like half an hour, an hour but... of episode because we had specific questions, but um, honestly, it's been a fucking blast. I there've been some. Awesome questions. Um, really, yeah, the, the, definitely not what I expected in terms of questions. So we yeah, definitely have to. Do a part I, two. I definitely and, want to say that. Like, honestly, we did. Did we cover four questions there? Four or five questions, which was four or five questions. <laughs> I got asked over fifteen. Jesus. And honestly, can I can I say thank you to every single person who who sent yes. me a question or text me or. Or just said like, oh, you're still looking for questions. 
honestly, it means the world to me that you actually took time out of your day, one, to message yeah. me, two, to have listened to either of the podcasts that we've released already and have genuinely thought about what it is you want to ask that we haven't already covered because yeah. a lot of the questions they've said, oh, you guys spoke about this in one of your episodes. Oh my God, you make me feel like like David Schwimmer or something. <laughs> I, I feel like... yeah, that- Ross there were some, some questions there. There were some yeah. genuine. Like, I was expecting the ge- the generic stuff, which is great because then we just knocked stuff off and just been like, "Hey, this is what you any, need to do." Any question yeah. is is great for us because we love to talk about things in in any kind of level of detail. But what they asked us there was fucking good. I think they were some they were some awesome really, awesome really questions. good. Um, we'll definitely do a part two at some point. Oh, for sure. Um, if you have tuned in, um. Thank you so much. If you're listening to this a few days later, thank you so much. Yeah, if thank you, do- you for lasting an hour and 50 minutes with us. I mean, that we have are, come we are, off the back of this. <laughs> we are good looking people, but an hour and 50 minutes of looking at us is a stretch. <laughs> Isolation is tough, but that is a stretch. If you do have any more questions or anything that has maybe cropped up because of this um, episode, then again, please always feel free to message either of us. Absolutely. Um, having this stuff because it means that we know what people are struggling with or what they want clarified um i've fucking loved doing this live i mean i'd love it for if if people you know uh, we clarify maybe i'll clarify in the um, description section that people can add questions uh just a shout out to richard baker for oh yeah, like Rich! Messages. Thank you, Most Rich. Most of them have just been comments about how much of an arsehole Sophie is with her family. <laughs> uh, and her, and oh, her I, haven't, I haven't had a look. Which is beautiful. What does it say? But, um, <laughs> but if you do have any questions, then again, please, please chuck us a message. Um, that's a great place to wrap up, I think. Thank you, Sophie, for having a chat. Thank I've been, it's you been a, for hosting. I think, I think I should do more podcasts on wine because I've... <laughs> It didn't feel like nearly two hours, did it? Honestly, I no. Like, it just we started talking at like quarter to seven, and it's now quarter to ten. Mm. Like what? Damn son, I need some food. So anyway, I need to finish my whiskey. <laughs> leave you with that with that thought. You need to finish your whiskey. Yeah, I, I really, really poured a glass a lot larger. What than is mine. it that Arnold Schwarzenegger said? When you're a baby, you drink milk. When you're an adult, you drink whiskey. Get to the shopper. No, never do that. <laughs> oh, that was so horrible. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave that turd <sighs> to float throughout the airwaves. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's been fucking awesome. I've uh, had an yeah, blast. Yeah, I've had a I hope sick, that you've learned something as well. Six sick night. Uh, Rob, where can they find you on socials? Uh, you always do this to me. So I, uh, my Instagram is ftafitness. Um, and so is the old Facebook if you want to ask or speak to me about specific fitness related questions that would be the best place to go Sophie where are you at oh we've lost them oh no it's gone dark I can hear you I just can't oh. see you it's alright carry on you've got the pod are you back? You froze there for a second. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, oh, you froze for a second. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you said, but I'm going to presume that you asked where you can find me. So you can yes, find. I did. <laughs> I'm going to presume because I'm popular. Uh, you can find me on Instagram plats underscore pbs. Um, if you want to drop me an email, I know people. I have had a few emails actually, which is quite nice. Um, awesome. Plats and pbs at gmail.com. 
Uh, if you want to catch us on Facebook, it is Platts Beans and PBs. Mm. It would mean the world to us if you left us a little review. Even if it is, you guys were on live for two hours. It was a fucking joke. What you's playing yeah. at? How you's got nothing better to do with your time? Guess what, son? No, we haven't because we're in isolation. We haven't got anything better in to the, do with in our time. In a northern accent as well. If you're In your best yes. northern accent. Please. So Platts Beans and PBs is the podcast specifically. Um, yourself on Instagram. Platts underscore PBs. Platts underscore PBs. I know it's amazing because your uh, Instagram handle is very similar to the podcast. But the podcast is Platts Beans and and PBs. Correct. Yours is Platts underscore PBs. Correct. That's all the official stuff done. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Or thank you for listening to this at some point in the near future. Hey, hey, pet. (laughs) Where I hey. Oh, Rich, I've got Go so on, much Rich. time. I've got so much time for you, Rich. You fucking uh, that, honestly. Thank you so, so much for tuning uh, in again. And champion. If you've made it, <laughs> champion. If you've made it to one hour and fifty-three minutes, then you're a fucking champion. Thank you all again, and we will see you very, very shortly <laughs> in the near future with potentially part two or with our next full podcast and next topic. Mwah! Sending love to everyone. Take care of yourselves. Look after yourselves. See you later. Good night.